From the campus of Stanford University and on location, this is the Entrepreneur's Radio Show and Podcast, featuring in-depth, one-on-one interviews with purpose-driven entrepreneurs and high-performance people, committed to ideas, positive outcomes, and a better world. Our radio show and podcast illuminates the struggle, breakthroughs, and exceptional outcomes these game changers bring to industries, organizations, and lives. Hosted by Tom DiOro, principal of Podfather Media. For our guest today, let's welcome Sue Keo, founder of Sue Keo. Hi, Sue. <laughs> Sue Keo. Sue Keo is an award-winning Cambridge digital marketing agency founded in 2008. Sue worked the early part of her career creating web content for BBC, ITV.com, Magic FM, Yahoo, and AOL. Sue's seen the digital landscape evolve from the early days and has built a team of creatives who share her enthusiasm for quality content. People who are, I quote from directly from your site, Sue, people who are always learning, quick to adapt to changing trends, and who will always focus on your individual business challenges. Based in Cambridge, England. For more information, feel free to visit sukio.com. That's S-O-O-K-I-O dot com. Sue, thank you for the patience in describing you. <laughs> <laughs> Pleasure. Thanks for having me on. Oh, thank you very much. Sue, we like to start with something funny, if you will. And what I mean by that is there's something with a sense of humor. Is it may you may have experienced either today, last <laughs> week, or sometime that you you're able to look back with it. Maybe initially it might have seemed um, a bit of a challenge, but you, in hindsight, is actually quite humorous. If you can think um, of one, or even today, just yeah. me trying to call you. Well, I mean, if I go back to um, the earlier days of the, the company, how that actually started was um, I was made redundant twice in 18 months. And the second time around, um, it turned out I was pregnant. Oh, nice. <laughs> so in the same week, okay. so I'm laughing about it now, um, but in the same week, I realized that I was about to lose my job um, oh, and then also nice. that I was pregnant as well. And I can kind of look back on it and laugh now, whereas at the time, oh my god you know what what is going to happen but I kind of ended up crawling my way out of there and and forming a business but I did have a lot of you know difficult situations where maybe I'd go for a job interview and I'd be sitting there and I'd be thinking well can they see my my bump you know can they see that I'm pregnant and should I tell them and if I if I don't tell them then I get the job and then I'll start and then, you know, they'll think that I've um, kind of fooled them. But then if I do tell them, then I probably won't get the job. So I went through lots of quite sort of amusing things, <laughs> things oh. like that in the, uh, in the earlier years, which I can look back and laugh upon now, whereas at the time it was actually quite stressful. Oh, I can't imagine. Uh, go, touch on that a bit. Obviously, uh, giving birth and having a, a child is uh, sacred. How is it, is there a translation, if there is, with even starting your own business? I think I think there very much is. And you, you learn to be uh, very resilient. You learn to be very good with your time. Got two boys now and they'd have a nap. And then in that time, I was teaching myself to code. And then, of course, they'd oh. wake up and I'd, I'd continue. And this is very much the height of the, the last recession. And so I had all these different jobs, all these different contracts. And people found me, whereas... To me at the time, I was thinking, oh, no, you know, this this wonderful digital industry is just kind of getting going. All the action is in London. I'm out of town, you know, quite significantly out of town. I'm here with a little baby or two. Um, whereas it actually turned out that I was 
in the right place at the right time. People could just say, oh, can you just do three hours here? Or, you know, we need a homepage editor, mm -hmm. but only about two or three mornings a week. So I managed to kind of carve myself out a little little niche, really, being this person that was always available. And I wasn't needing a full-time salary. I wasn't needing desk space. So it taught me a lot about taking a negative and turning it into a positive. And so having to juggle all of those things, you know, the babies as well, and then still carving out uh, that work, it just taught me to be, yeah, very resilient, really. And yeah. which is now, as we're heading into this period where, you know, the whole world is is heading for quite turbulent times, some people are very worn down by this already, whereas I'm kind of thinking, okay, here we go again. Oh. <laughs> so let, let's work our way out of this one as well. Yes, the, the turbulent times, uh, how much of a transition has it been for you prior then I guess there's a post a pre pandemic and a post pandemic how it seems rather seamless just from what you're describing not seamless in that in the, the ease of mm. course there's the stresses but it, it sounds like you've had a tremendous ability to adapt and adjust is that something that is within you or you've learned that uh, no, I think I like being kind of backed into a corner and fighting my way out. Oh. Um, so <laughs> so the thing that I'm saying a lot to the team at the moment is, you know, we're all sitting around calling ourselves creatives. And there's a lot of that in this industry, you know, particularly the ad industry. Everyone's slapping each other on the back the whole time saying, oh, we're so creative. And I've been saying to people, well, come on then. Well, let's let's be creative. Now mm. is the time to be creative instead of sitting back kind of tail between our legs thinking, oh, well, I suppose we better wait for the work to come in. Um, but it's been a, a funny old time in the UK anyway, because we've also had the whole Brexit thing. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we were meant to be leaving uh, last, well, a whole year ago, and then it was delayed, and then it was delayed. So there's been this kind of paralysis in the economy, which has hit us a little bit with people thinking, well, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to delay that decision. So I would go ahead and spend on this, but I'm just going to sit on it a while longer. So we kind of had that, and things. it felt like they were just getting moving again after um, the last Brexit decision and, uh, and then the snap election, just when things started to kind of feel a little bit more back to normal and everyone breathed out, mm. then, of course, the, this pandemic came along and just turned everything on its head. But the, the thing for us is because we're a digital agency, we're quite used to change all the time. So we're used to changing clients. We're used to the industry developing. We're interested, so we're used to different projects coming in all of these sort of changing things around us. So for us, we're quite light on our feet. So as soon as the lockdown happened, in fact, before then, about two weeks then, we just all went and worked from home. Whereas a number of our clients, it was much harder. So people like um, Cambridge University, who we do a lot of work with, they haven't really changed in essence for 800 years. <laughs> oh. So, so oh. for people like them, yeah. um, the very idea of kind of upping sticks and having to work in a different way was very, very difficult. Um, or equally, people who we work with for whom security is really important. So an exam board, their, mm -hmm. their workplace is designed so you can't just walk out of there with a laptop because then it's, it's not secure. You know, They could be accused of allowing people to tamper with the, the um, exam results. So a lot of people around us, it was a very slow transition, whereas we were able to move very quickly and go to people and say, don't panic, don't panic. Look, we've got ideas. Don't worry. You know, <laughs> we'll see you through. So, yeah, so it's an interesting time, put it that way. Is there also a way that you can quantify that a, a, a mm. greater value that you offer other than just contractually, here's what we're going to do from you, especially now, that it just, seem, it just seems like uh, there's such a depth of 
value that you offer your clients that's really maybe not even known to yourself? Are you able to to do that uh, at the onset of a presentation now? Well, we do. And I know, you know, everybody says this, but we do really care about our clients. And, and we're always trying to think about the problems that they've got. So instead of us just saying, okay, well, why don't you do this? We really thought about the challenges that they were facing. So, um, for example, this is Cambridge University related as well. The Cambridge Trust, who do, they're a bit like the, the uh, Gates Foundation. They okay. give out, uh, I think, about 500 scholarships each year to students around the world come and study at Cambridge. And people like them, they couldn't run their events anymore. So we went to them and we put together a little bit of video footage. So we used some stock images of Cambridge. We used some stills that they had, put a bit of voiceover on it, a bit of music. And we said, OK, so we know you can't run the event, but here's some content for you. So why don't you share this on Facebook? And this will still help you um, get the attention and get, get people still applying. So we've been very, instead of waiting for clients to work out what they should be doing, We've just been going to them and basing it on the really sort of strong, solid relationships we have with them. We've been trying to come up with ideas and it's, it's been very helpful. I also also sent some gifts to people. So um, I sent, there's a friend of mine up in Edinburgh. She's, uh, she runs a company called the Botanical Candle Maker and she does these beautiful scented candles. So I sent some of those to some of our clients um, who I knew were trying to keep on top of everything, homeschooling as well um just this crazy chaos so i sent them these lovely candles to help them kind of stay stay sure. calm with everything else going crazy and there's another guy i sent him a case of craft beer <laughs> from a local supplier um oh, very yeah good. everyone's being very inventive i love it so there's a company near me called the ely gin company and they've got a milk float do you call them milk floats in the u.s no, goes out and don't. delivers. No, it's no, like uh, milk. A little mi- truck that goes and delivers milk in the morning. <laughs> they would call milkmen if we had them. Yes, yes, yeah, yeah. Milk so it's this milk little uh, kind of electric oh, nice. vehicle that doesn't make too much noise in the morning. Oh, that's cool. And they've oh. turned it into a gin truck. Oh, um, <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> yeah, oh. and I ordered it at like six o'clock in the morning, and then it turned up because um, I—that sounds bad, doesn't it? Me ordering gin no, at six it's in awesome. the morning. <laughs> But it turned up at one, one minute to six in the evening when I was just about ready. Anyway, so I've been giving people <laughs> gifts from kind of local suppliers and, you know, trying to make people feel cared for because we genuinely do do care about them. That's um, terrific. That is you know, terrific. We just want th- things to go well for everybody at the moment because it's difficult for everybody. Certainly. Well, this is excellent. You're listening to the Entrepreneur's Radio Show and podcast on KZSU, Stanford, 90.1 FM. We're talking today with Sue Kio, founder of Sukio. For more information, feel free to visit sukio.com. That's S O O K I O.com. And then we talked earlier, Sue, about how you came up with the name Sukio. Please share with your audience. Yeah, and the way you pronounce it gets better and better each time. It's really good. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but my um, I, uh, my husband has got this Irish surname, uh, which okay. and I live in the east of England, and no one people just can't pronounce it. So when when we got married, I used to write it down as Sukio S W O K I O to say, oh, this is how you pronounce it. Okay. Um, and then so there I was with my sudden freelance career, having lost my job and all that sort of stuff, and I needed somewhere to put to start getting a portfolio together. So I just registered Sukio.com without really much thought, to be honest with you. And it's one of those things where I look back and I think, well, that was lucky because it's always 
it's it's one of those words it's very short and people even now say oh I really like that name you know and so I registered that and then at some point when I needed to to make things less complicated in terms of billing people um it's very kind of mundane in the way this story but then so I set up the the limited company so that I could manage all of the financial affairs sure. around it and then I kind of gradually people kept on giving me work so people kept on thinking oh she knows about this twitter thing you know <laughs> I'm gonna get her to look after my twitter yeah. feed or oh she seems to know a thing or two about web content okay I'll ask her to do that and so whereas at first I just assumed okay well at some point I'll be going I'll be commuting to London again and um you know, working for The Guardian or the BBC again or someone like that. Whereas I'd managed to pick up so much work that it eventually hit me that, oh, I appear to be doing this for a living. You know, so it wasn't like you might see um, on the TV with people brainstorming an idea and testing the market and, and all of that. It was, it, it very much grew organically as I responded to the kind of things that people were asking me to do. Wonderful. So, yeah, it's kind of a slow, slow growth in a way. Wonderful. Now, if you can go back even in your, um, as far back as you can recall, Sue, how, uh, were there any moments, or I call them galvanizing moments, where you realize you had, you thought more out of the box than in the box? Even if it's something in childhood, you know, maybe you, you know, put together uh, crafts or something that you, you know, people paid you for, you know, is there anything that you can recall as far back as you can recall that you, it makes sense kind of what you're doing now? That's an interesting question. Not, not especially. I, I think I've always, when someone asked me, you know, when I was at school, what I wanted to do, I do remember saying, I just want to do something that involves people, you know, and, and I suppose what I do now, it didn't exist when I was at school anyway, but this, this move towards communication has always been quite, quite important to me. I've always been very interested in how people communicate. So it wasn't necessarily a penny dropping moment. Okay. But more a thing that's kind of always, always been there. And to the point, I mean, the sort of people we work with, because we're based in Cambridge, there's a really solid tech community there. Uh, life sciences are very strong, a lot of education. And so we, we tend to work with people that are very, very intelligent, but useless at, at explaining things. <laughs> oh. So we kind of, we call ourselves translators quite often because yes. we help people articulate what they're trying to get across. Um, and I think this all goes back to, yeah, this love of communication and um, an interest in how people, yeah, share ideas. I'm, I'm very interested in digital inclusion and accessibility and making sure that, that we're opening up the web for everybody to be involved. So, yeah, I wouldn't say it's like one pivotal moment, but it's just something that's always been there in me, I think. Yeah, I noticed you, you've got um, that learning. You guys seem to translate what you're clients are are doing is that is that almost on a case by case or is almost each time they 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 have an idea of what they want but then you have to you have to extract what it is they're actually looking for because they may not know exactly what it is even though they're coming i mean there was one time with uh, this company called uh, TurboStream, and they they came to me needing us to write their uh, website copy and they spent so long explaining it to me. And they, they sent me all these PDFs and these white papers and these uh, theses and all that sort of thing. And in the end, I said to them, so you make jet engines go faster. Is that right? <laughs> and they said, yeah, yeah, that's what we do. You know, and they, they were so 
you know, immersed in it, that it's difficult to, for them to sum it up in, in a sentence. So, and we do that kind of thing quite a lot. And in fact, so our tagline is confident communication through digital content. Yes. And each part of that is important. So the confidence is not arrogance, but it's confidence to tell people where, which direction we think they should take or which platform they should use, or um, their tone of voice, that kind of thing. So it's never arrogance, but it's that kind of confidence and, and understanding that we've got of digital that allows us to do that. How about uh, how many companies or organizations do you see on a, say, weekly basis that you know, oh, I could, we could really help them? From anything from services to products that you purchase where you go onto their website, oh, this could be, this is so sticky, it could be so much smoother. Does that happen uh, quite yeah, frequently? Continually, you- continually. Oh, continually. And it's a bit like um, being someone who works in continuity in films or whatever, or, you know, a historian who works on films, always spotting, spotting problems that could be sure. fixed. So, yeah, I do see that quite a lot. And I like, I like helping people, I like explaining. Uh, where people could be doing something better and thinking again about this whole global pandemic and the issues that businesses have got I'm seeing a lot of businesses around me at the moment doing a sudden pivot so yeah like the gin float um, yes. people deciding yeah I can deliver after all but then I've gone on their website thinking fantastic you know I need to get some flowers for the garden at the moment oh but but I can see on a Facebook post that they're delivering but I can't see it anywhere on the website and so I, I get a bit kind of evangelical I might drop mm. someone an email if I if I know that you know otherwise it comes across a bit sort of what well who's who's she <laughs> you know yes. why is she emailing me out of the blue but I'll <laughs> I'll chat to people there's about oh I don't know six seven eight um, people over the last couple of weeks that I've just we've just thrown some ideas around and and or people have come to me and said well there's a guy I know who wants to do uh, online cocktail classes and he was asking me or oh, what do you think I would charge for this to do cocktail classes over mm-hmm. zoom you know and it's, oh. i never got around to saying what i thought you should charge <laughs> i was too busy saying well this is the message that you should push and then this is what's going to be most appealing to people so i do i do like learning i do like sharing the knowledge and we're all a bit like that <laughs> Can't help for, sure. Ourselves. for sure this is the entrepreneurs radio show and podcast on kzsu stanford 90.1 fm we're talking today with sue Kio, founder of sukio for more information, you can visit or feel free to visit sukio.com. That's S O O K I O dot com. Sue, if, if you go back to that, you know, you use the word pivot and coming from the milk float into the gin, the gin run. Well, I don't know what they call it, but <laughs> it, 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 you're also helping companies to do that in, the, in this time. It sounds like probably even more so. Are there any other than the ones you've explained that you, you can see um, if you're at liberty to share that you'll, you know, here's a company that I know there's, they're in, in definitely in transition and here's where I think they can go. You don't have to say their company name, but um, is there anyone in particular, a company or organization in particular that you can think of like, oh, I think if you transi- transitioned or pivoted to this, oh my goodness, you may actually do even better than your primary Service. Well, there's a lovely example of, um, they're, they're called the Cambridge Fruit Company. And what they did, um, what they've always done is deliver fruit and veg um, to businesses. So okay. they go around in the morning, they've got, in fact, I helped them name name their new van. They've oh, got nice. a, a new van that's uh, refrigerated, and that carries all the fruit around. And they wanted to come up with a name, so I came up with Millie Van Chili. 
for them, oh. you know, like Millie Vanilli. Anyway. Yes, yes. <laughs> so <Millie. laughs> um, it's terrible when you laugh at your own jokes, isn't it? But, um, no, it's but lovely. the thing is, when after the pandemic hits, then their business just dropped off a cliff because everybody was on lockdown and no one was allowed in the workplaces. So whereas previously they had this thriving little business going around every morning, sure. you know, hi, morning, dropping off the, the fruit and everything. So he sort of tentatively said on Twitter, oh, if anyone, if I were to start delivering fruit to your home, would that be of interest? You know, just as a sort of tentative thing while he was sat there head in hands thinking, oh, my goodness, you know. And then so many people said, oh, yes, please. Then he said, well, how much would you pay for this? Got a couple of average costs for like a family size and a couple size and and tested it out. And he's just, just business is booming. And I think with him, what he was, the reason this has worked so well is that he was so quick to move and all these other fruit and veg suppliers, you know, we're still kind of sat there wondering what they're doing. <laughs> By that point, he'd already canvassed opinion, priced it up, and was starting delivering. Um, so he's changing the website. That has had to come later, you know, because he's been so busy with everything else. But he's such a brilliant example because he's going to come out of this 10 times as strong as before because he's now entered a whole new market that he wasn't part of. So all the businesses will go back to normal life at some point. And so he'll continue to serve them, but then he'll also have this whole new clientele. So it's wonderful, you know, really good. Certainly. Now, Sue, that sounds like uh, it also is contingent on the leader or the founder mm, of the company. Mm. How much do you think it has to do with their own ability to adjust, not just a you know, corporate mandate or a company um, edict saying, oh, we need to change? He was able to move quickly. Obviously, you, you helped as well, but able to move so quickly is that something you prepare for or you kind of it's it's built into you one of the advantages of being a smaller company is that you can move that quickly and so there is no i mean the same in my company the same in his name is neil in his company and other companies of our sort of size i mean we're we're eight people it means that i can just quickly i can just make decisions like that and then we can move we can change whereas bigger companies um 25 people or of course your mm -hmm. you know multi-million pound ones all those decisions have to be thought through at a much slower pace so i think there's a real opportunity at the moment for the smaller business to move quite quickly and um you know take a bite out of the uh, the bigger ones really yeah. because we we're the ones that can that can move quickly it's like the phrase um big ships turn slowly yes so those yeah. much bigger ones it's they're still flailing about wondering what to do now while all, all us little um, little minnows are busy taking advantage of the situation. I mean, we're, we've yeah. got really, uh, we've got a lot of work on at the moment. We've got a lot of people that have come to us just saying, well, can we just have some additional help to see us through? Can you help us with some ideas? And so we've, we haven't even had to stop and think about it. You know, we're thinking about the clients. But we haven't had to, yeah, we, it's, it's been very quick for us. We've been able to be quite nimble. And me, as the founder of the company, then I can make some nice, clear, quick decisions. Yeah, we'll do this. No, we won't do that. Okay, go, you know, rather than having a thousand meetings about it. And, uh, you know, it'll be Christmas by the time that some people decide what we're doing about this situation. <laughs> very true. So by design, are you? do you plan on getting larger with uh, either employees or more clients? I mean, it's, ideally it sounds like yes, but then how do, how do you think, at least in your experience and your vision, that you can maintain that level of, of speed with, mm. with, by del still, with still delivering that personal touch like, uh, like you do? 
Is there a- yeah, it's interesting. I was just talking to my colleague um, Clark about this yesterday because we're, we're so um, energised at the moment with the way that it's going and the way that we're approaching things. And I was saying to him, well, let's say we grow to 30 people or 50 people. We've got to make a note right now of all these things that are making it work for us and make sure that we don't lose that as we get bigger. And one of those things is the personal touch. You know, people know when they come to work with Sukio, then I'm a big part of it. The team is brilliant. It's not a case that they come and meet me and then I kind of fob them off, fob them off onto the sure. intern that's only been there two weeks. You know, we, we, we definitely make sure that everyone's looked after. There's no kind of, uh, yeah, everyone gets the same sort of service. So I think it's just really important to hold on to those values as we grow, really. And I do want to grow further. I don't see the point in us growing to Microsoft levels. <laughs> sure. okay. um, but I would like to be that bit, that little bit bigger just to do things on a slightly more grand scale, I think, than we can at the moment. Super, super. What have we not, may not have touched in our, uh, in our interview that you'd like to share with, uh, with your audience today? I mean, one thing that I have learned... So we were, we're now nearly 12 years old. And so when we got to the 10 year point, I wrote this blog post, which started out, it was going to be, um, you know, 10 things I've learned from 10 years of running an agency. I was going to make the title a bit more sexy than that once I got going, but that was the starting point. So writing that, it made me realize that actually it's just one thing that you have to get used to. And that is that everything changes around you. So as you run that company, the projects change, the clients change, the teams change. You know, the rug is constantly kind of, you know, pulled away from under your feet. And you have to be resilient and you have to expect change to happen again. And the industry changes. So um, the way that, say, Twitter was when I started out, that's, you know, massive proportions and Facebook and Instagram and all the rest. Mm. Um, and then we're busy getting used to that kind of marketing. And now influencer marketing is here, which isn't really my bag but I've seen other agencies spring up and that's all they do you know they sell protein shakes or whatever with <laughs> women in bikinis <laughs> or do whatever I mean you know good luck to them but it's not really yeah. it's not really my bag you know um however I could quite happily sit back and say oh well of course it's not like when I was at the BBC you know and oh when I was at Yahoo in the early days da, da, da. that's not interesting to me you know I, I like change and you have to like change and you have to be able to adapt you know, sort of stick, follow your own path, of course. You don't want to be kind of buffeted about backwards and forwards, but you have to expect change and you have to be good at, at dealing with change as well. Excellent. Sue, it's been a real honor and pleasure having you on our show. Thank you so much. Thank you. Yes, thank you very much. I hope you consider coming back uh, on our show because sometime soon, I hope so. Yeah, no, I'd love to. Yeah, thank you. Ver- thank you very much. You've been listening to the Entrepreneur's Radio Show and Podcast. Our guest today has been Sue Kio, founder of Sukio. Sukio is an award-winning Cambridge digital marketing agency founded in 2008. Sue has seen uh, the digital landscape evolve from the early days and has built a team of creatives who share her enthusiasm for quality content. They're people who are always looking to learn, quickly adapt to the changing trends and focus on the uh, individual business challenges based in Cambridge, England. For more information, feel free to visit sukio.com. Again, sukio.com. Join us again next time when we welcome another purpose-driven entrepreneur or high-performing game changer committed to ideas, positive outcomes, and a better world. I'm Tom Dioro. 
The Entrepreneur's Radio Show and Podcast is recorded at Stanford University Studios in Palo Alto, California, and on location. The Chief Recording Engineer is Iris Chikopoulos, Chief Engineer Mark Lawrence, and we're all assisted by Peter Caroline and Omar L. Sabrani. And the Executive Producer and Host of The Entrepreneur Show is Tom Dio. If you wish to contact us, our email address is interviews at kzsu.stanford.edu. Again, that's interviews at kzsu.stanford.edu.